Hello again, dear listeners. It's me, Cody Sullivan, coming at you with another fresh episode of Curbside Pulp. As always, I'd like to take a minute to extend a huge thank you to today's contributors, John Grandy, Jake Soho, and Davis McGraw, as well as a thank you to the River Power Podcast Mill Network for helping to support the show. You've got time these days, right? Why not check out some of our other exciting programs on the RPM Network? Shows like Windsor Live or Too Many Hats, where you never know what you're going to hear next. Find out the answer to the age-old question, are gremlins real? And much more. I'm also proud to say that James Reed's new program, Science Night, has officially launched their website and an episode zero for you to learn about the show to come. And you can find that on Spotify, Apple Podcast, or wherever you listen to your podcasts, or also at their website, SciNight.com. Finally, I want to thank you for listening to our show, and do us a favor if you'd be so kind. Be sure to rate the program if you're able, because that helps us grow more than you know, and also, tell your friends about it. Or email us at pulpfrombeyond at gmail.com if you would like to participate in this program by lending your voice or a piece of fiction. But now, on to today's episode. In this story, we follow the path of a downtrodden collegiate wrestler whose only hope at finding success is dropping a weight class. Sure, there's keto, paleo, veganism, and fasting, but word on the street is if you really want to make weight, you need to get your hands on a copy of the book. Let's see how this all shakes out in this week's story, crafted from the foul mind of Gustav Grift himself. This story's called Sucking Weight. sounds so stupid, telling it now, but it all started in wrestling practice. Alright guys, hit the showers, and then try and get some rest before the meet. Anderson, a word? Yeah, coach? Listen, Abe, you got skill. Like, real technical skill. But if you're gonna compete, you're gonna need more than that. You know what I'm saying? Coach? You don't have the muscle to be throwing big guys around. Even guys your size, really. Now, understand, I'm not telling you you need to do anything stupid or nothing. But if I were here on a wrestling scholarship, well, I'd hedge my bets, you know. Yeah, coach. I understand. Weight had always been a challenge for me. I sat squarely in the middle of my weight class, which was a bad place to be in collegiate wrestling. 
Of course, my coach hadn't told me to lose weight. He couldn't. It didn't take a genius to figure out what he meant, though. I scoured the internet for weight loss tips like I'd done all through my teenage years and found the usual stuff about blood donations and mail-order parasites. I went to bed knowing I wouldn't make weight the next day. The meat that weekend did not go well. After the match, I ended up getting a couple burgers with that kid that beat me in the cafeteria. Nate, that was his name, was the one who told me about the weight loss book. Supposedly, you could get copies, mostly handwritten in spiral notebooks, at just about any big meet if you knew who to ask. Look for the quiet ones, right? The desperate guys, the losers. Like that guy over there. They're the ones that always seem to talk about the book. But if the losers have it, why do I want it? Because weight ain't everything, man. You got skill. Some guy's only chance at stealing a win is sucking weight. Other guys will never need to do it. You, though, you're in a rough spot. You're good enough to win, but not against the heavyweights. Just find the book, okay? I took the kid's advice and went over to the tired-looking young man in the back corner. His face was buried in his hands, and he looked like he hadn't slept in a while. His skin was pale and his long fingers ended in cracked yellow nails he didn't look up but began scraping those nails against the table when i approached what sorry what do you want okay listen do you know anything about a book the weight loss book or something i just heard about it from that kid over there actually you know what Never mind, it's it's gotta be bullshit. He looked up, and his eyes were dark and sunken into his pale face. It, it looked like he might cry. You want to know about the book? Yeah, I can show it to you. Are you guys in town for the night? Come by the downtown Deep Six Suites later and ask for Walt. This is great. Unsettled, but curious... I went back to my room and rested up before heading over to check it out. You're here! My roommates are out on the town, so we won't be interrupted. There it is. Walt pointed to the coffee table. The only thing on it was a plain yellow spiral notebook. That's it? Doesn't look like much. Yeah, well, books and covers and all that. Listen, if you want to get started with some of the stuff in there, I can help you out with that. Uh, tonight, I mean. Why? What if we ended up in the same weight class? What's in it for you? Sportsmanship. How could I live with the idea that I get to use it, but no one else does? It seemed pretty thin to me, but I wasn't going to argue. He flipped through the book, showing me the handwritten instructions and telling me about how he had copied it from his friend's older cousin's notebook a couple of months back. Problem is, the stuff in there is hard to do alone. You need help, right? Luckily, you got me. He opened to a page with a crudely drawn diagram. Two hands with slashes across them and crossed arrows. First, we need to cut our hands, okay? Just a little. What? Like... Blood Brothers? Kind of, I guess. I pulled the knife across my palm. 
When the blood started to flow, I saw Walt tense up. He closed his eyes and took a deep breath before doing the same. Now, don't freak out, but you need to drink the blood from my hand. (laughs) What the fuck? Do you want to make weight or not? Yeah, but... Jesus. Drink the blood, Abe. I'm going to do the same to you. I froze. My first thought was there was no way I was going to drink some rando's blood. When I thought about it, though, the worst case scenario ended with me puking in a hotel bathroom. You don't have any diseases or anything, right? HIV, hepatitis, stuff like that? No, nothing like that. Listen, Abe, are you going to do this or not? Because if you're not, I'm going to get a fucking bandage. If you are, drink. Will it work? Like, will it really work? Oh, you'll lose weight. I promise. I took Walt's hand and placed it up to my mouth. When I did, I swear, he breathed a sigh of relief. His hand shot out, gripping my wrist. There was a forced restraint to his movement as he began to suck at the oozing cut. His blood filled my mouth, and the metallic taste made me gag, covering my shirt with blood. I kept going, though. After some time, I don't know how much, Walt pulled my hand away from his mouth. Again, seemingly with some effort, he wiped his mouth on his sleeve. All right, that's enough. Before you go, you'll want to write down some stuff from the weight loss book. I've got a spare notebook. Take my number two in case you need it. Wait, so that's it? Yeah, for now. You'll notice the weight loss soon, and maybe an uptick in strength. I picked up the notebook and opened it. There were pictures, maybe hieroglyphs or something, written on the inside cover in blue ink. Next to the picture writing were the words Muertos Viejos. I flipped to the page I had seen before and started copying the information down. Steps one and two were exactly what we had just done. Cutting the palm and ingestion by what the book called The Host and The Guest. It went on to recommend performing the process again whenever possible to ease the side effects on the metabolism. I didn't know what any of it meant, but I had already done the thing. It was too late to worry now. That night, I couldn't sleep. I just kept thinking about the weird blood swap. Not knowing what else to do, I headed down to the gym. When I got on the rowing machine to do my triceps, I was shocked. Nothing seemed challenging. So, I went over to the bench press and put on 250. Easy. I added another 10-pound plate onto each side and tried again. Still easy. So I bumped it up another 20. When I didn't even break a sweat, I thought about going higher, but without a spotter, I figured it was a bad idea. I spent most of the night in the gym and didn't get back to my room until about four. I laid in bed and wondered about what was going on. The process must have done something because when I woke up on Sunday, I wasn't hungry at all. I felt great all day. I made it to the gym again and, having a spotter on hand, managed to bench 400, which caused a ruckus in the weight room. At practice, I was a force of nature. I'd never moved so fast in my life. If there was air between a guy's shoulders and the mat, I put them on it in under a minute. That night I laid in bed, more out of habit than fatigue. 
and realized I hadn't eaten a single thing since waking up. Unable to sleep, I just looked up at the ceiling. For the next week or so, that's how things went. I'd work out and try and get homework done all night, then sleep until noon. I missed my morning classes on Tuesday and Thursday, but otherwise things were okay. Then, when I woke up Saturday afternoon, I was hungry. Like, really hungry. I hadn't actually eaten since meeting up with Walt that past weekend, I realized. My weight was down significantly, and I was in better form than ever. Now, though, I was so goddamn hungry. I headed for the vending machine. There were a few people studying in the common room, breathing way too loud, and a dull rhythmic thumping. I figured it was probably the radiators, given how cold I was, before remembering how unseasonably warm it had been outside. Anyway, I grabbed a bag of mixed nuts from the machine and opened them. The smell of the cashews was sweet and putrid. I tasted bile in my throat. When I got back to my dorm, I tried a mouthful despite my queasiness, but spit it into the trash. My mouth felt strange to me. So I went to brush the nuts out and hopefully settle my stomach. Looking in the mirror, my gums were pale and drawn back. Had my teeth always looked so... sharp? The nausea didn't get better, and I started to worry. I was so fucking hungry, but I couldn't bear the thought of eating anything. Then I remembered what Walt had said and the pages from the weight loss book. I pulled them out and noticed something I hadn't thought much about scribbling in the hotel room. There was that line at the end that read, Host the process at every opportunity in order to retain results and ease the side effects of metabolism. That threw me through a loop, so I decided to text Walt. Hey man, I'm not feeling too good. The book says something about side effects... Anything I should be concerned about? Question mark, question mark, question mark. About 30 seconds later, I got a response. Call me. Walt here. Hey man, what the fuck? I'm making weight like you wouldn't believe and I've never been more on point in the ring, but I feel like I'm gonna die. I'm starving, but I can't eat. Are these those side effects? Shit, man, calm down. Listen. Have you done the ritual with anybody else yet? No, this is because of what we did, right? Yeah, it is. Listen, you've got to pass this thing on. Find somebody to go through with it. That'll help. The blood will. Are you kidding me? If this is what happens, I'm not going to do that to someone else. You said you didn't have any diseases or anything, man. What do you call this? Success, Abe. I call it the price of success. Thing is, one way or another, you're gonna break eventually. You think you're hungry now? Give it a day or two and see what happens. What your body does when it's suck or starve. No, Walt, I'm not doing it. How do we reverse it? Abe, it doesn't work like that. You had to know that, man. This is who you are now. 
do the ritual with someone else, okay? For your own good. I hung up the phone, more determined than ever that I was done with spooky rituals from that goddamn book. Over the next few days, though, things got real bad. I tried not to leave my room. I missed most of my classes and even had to skip a couple of practices. I slept all day, but couldn't close my eyes at night. Whenever I actually did go out, I felt that heat coming from everyone. Their breathing scraped inside my ears and the thumping rhythm got louder and louder. I dragged myself to practice in the days before my meet the following weekend. I was still putting guys down, but if I didn't watch it, didn't totally focus on how hard I wanted to hit, they'd limp off afterwards and sit on the sidelines for a while. When the day of the meet finally came, I sat in the locker room after weigh-in, head in my hands. Anderson, get your ass out here! You're up next! I managed to pick myself up off the bench and make my way to the gym. The lights were blinding, and I could hear every foot tapping, every whisper in the place. The smell was the worst, though. Hot and metallic. It made my mouth water and my stomach growl. A warmth, completely separate from the bright lights, washed over me and my fingers and jaw began to clench unconsciously. There was a wiry kid on the mat, smaller than me. He looked concerned, and I smelled the quickening of his pulse. Hey bro, you good? You don't look so hot. I nodded. The bell rang, and my opponent edged toward the outside of the mat, waiting for me to make the first move. I was fighting my body, fighting the urge to slip behind him and strike, ignoring the ring's meaningless boundaries. Instead, I circled, stalking my prey slowly around the margins. Then, something in my brain, no, in my muscles, took hold. I fainted left almost too quickly to be seen. This kid was real sharp, though, and reacted. He overcompensated as I ducked right, locking his arms from behind. His pulse throbbed so hard in his wrist that I thought he might pop. I pulled the arm back, trying to maneuver his shoulders to the floor, and felt his heat radiating onto my face. My stomach lurched with the hunger I'd held at bay for the past week. Before I knew what was happening, I snapped at his wrist with my teeth. He saw it coming and rolled out of the hold, shoving me hard. Jesus, man! What the fuck? I meant to apologize. But instead, I growled and rushed back in. This time, I was on the attack from the start. I was faster than my opponent. Much faster. I charged right in and swept his legs. His pulse pounded in my ears louder and louder, drowning everything else out. I hit hard and low, pressing my side into his gut as his first shoulder hit the mat. The ref closed in, watching for the fall. The guy put up a good fight, but his blood flowed hot through him and he reeked of fear. His second shoulder hit the mat and his heart sounded like it might explode in his chest as he struggled to free himself from my grasp. The ref shouted something, but I didn't hear what. All I could hear was the pounding pulse and the roaring of my stomach. Something broke in me. 
I clamped down hard with my jaw. The base of my skull tingled and warmth and calm spread to my mouth and my chest and then to my fingers and toes. The pounding in my ears subsided and my vision broadened. The spandex I was wearing was covered in blood and my competitor's ruined neck gaped up at me as it fell away from my face. His eyes had rolled back. He was dead. <laughs>